As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a growing network of people who believe the center of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, and that learning to take love seriously is vital for how we practice discipleship, mission, and leadership. The Gravity Leadership Podcast explores, in practical ways, how to root our lives and our leadership in this love that holds all of us and everything together. Okay. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Okay. Everyone. <laughs> everyone listening. Uh, welcome except, to the Gravity Leadership for, Podcast. Wait, except for you. Not you, Ben, but... Me? I'm oh. talking to our listener. There's one listener right oh, now. Oh, there's one listener right who now? Who doesn't like being told hello by someone they can't see. They're like, not, this, this violates something about, yeah, relationally. Yeah, yeah. We're not talking to you. Just skip forward a couple minutes. We are to not talking to you, We're not talking to you. Sir. <laughs> Sir. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. This is Ben Sternkey. I'm one of your hosts. I'm here with Matt Tebby. I'm and um, Matt, before we get into the interview today, I have a question for you. Are you ready? <gasps> yes. All right. This is so we're interviewing Kristen Dooley today, and I know she's her. written a book. Yeah. She's, part, she's a gravity coach. She's great. Yeah. Uh, she's been working with us for a long time, but she wrote a book, and it's called Left Turns. Mm hmm. Following Jesus off the beaten path. So, yep. left turns is the name of the book, and I'm going to make a left turn here in the middle of this interview. Matt didn't know this was coming. Mm-hmm. This is a surprise to Matt. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask Matt a question. Matt, mm-hmm. are you ready for your question? Yep. What reactive impulse do you notice in yourself, and would like to release or let go of? False. <laughs> I don't think you understand how <laughs> questions work. I predetermined my answer before you asked the question. <laughs> oh, okay. Very, just yeah. because that's how I handle surprise questions. Yes, right. I already know what I'm going to say. C. 17. <laughs> yeah. What reactive what, impulse... What reactive impulse do you notice in yourself and would like to release or let go of? Right now? Yeah. Just or what do you general? notice right now? Oh. Well, I don't know. Just what, do you, uh, what comes to mind when you, think, when you hear that question? Reactive impulse. That yeah. you want to let go of. You know, I have this, this serves me, well, 
Okay. The, I think this serves me decently well as a podcast, uh-huh. as a podcaster, uh-huh. but I have this impulse of of speaking every thought mm. <laughs> that mm. seems important to me. Yeah. We just finished up a podcast with uh, an amazing podcast we'll release uh, in several weeks or months. Yeah. And on this podcast, I found myself not being able to ask questions or make comments as frequently as I used as I usually do. Huh. And it was a it was sort of a d- discipline of you know what maybe that thought you had you'll never have it again maybe it'll never hit the airwaves maybe no one else will know you ever had that thought and it's okay yeah like just and that letting... felt like a good impulse to you to just let go of the thought it's okay it's well, okay for that to just float down the stream ben just between you and me it didn't really feel good in the <laughs> listeners moment. It, didn't feel, it didn't feel good in the moment because no, in the yeah, moment i felt like go. gosh i wish i could open my mouth and use my vocal cords yeah, but uh, now uh, looking back on it, it's mm. never a bad thing for me to keep my big trap shut. Mm. Great. Well, well, that was a very reflective never. answer to that yeah. question. So I, I asked you that question because I've been meaning to talk about this on the podcast, and I have oh. just haven't yet. But um, that is from this little book of cards. It's oh. a little card book called "Examine Questions" from our friends at the Fall Creek Fall Creek Abbey. Um, Fall Creek Abbey is um, a uh, a retreat house and spiritual direction ministry located here in Indianapolis yeah. uh, by Dave and Beth Borum, who've been on the podcast. They have. Um, they're also friends of ours. They go to our church. And um, so anyway, I've been meaning to talk about that. Like uh, Deb and I will do these on date nights sometimes. It's oh, really? like just questions to kind of get us talking about more than just what the kids are doing and you know what errands we need to run. Like just goes a little deeper for us. Okay. Conversation. Okay, Ben, so, I have I have a surprise question for you. Okay, I... We were talking about this. I I hate surprise questions. You ready? You kind of. I'm ready. Though, so go ahead. Ready. What else do you do on date night? Oh. Uh, <laughs> we we typically eat something and watch a show. We're um, kind of boring. We're can we boring put a people. link to get these questions? Can we put a link in the show yes, notes for this? I was going to say that we're going to put a link in the show notes. If you'd like, it's a whole pack of cards with questions like the one I just asked Matt. Uh, what prior? What new priorities in my life do I need to name and commit to? What theological or ideological beliefs do I find myself beginning to question? Hmm. It's just helping you get in touch with uh, like what's really going on in your life hmm. or with somebody else. And so I will put a link in the show notes to those. Um, I found them to be a really helpful resource. I thought it was a really fun and cool idea that Dave and Beth put together. Hmm. Yeah. So but this that interview. was our left turn for the podcast. But this interview is uh, with Kristen Dooley. Again, I mentioned she was a she is a gravity coach. Uh, she's been working with us for a long time and um, is a pastor at um, Anthem House Church in the Cincinnati area. Um, and she's written a book called Left Turns, Following Jesus Off the Beaten Path. It's basically kind of some of her story of the unexpected uh, turns that her life took and how she mm. found God at present and at work uh, in the midst of those things. When, when life throws you a curveball, um, what, how do you, how do you pay attention to what God's doing? How do you not sort of collapse under the weight of, uh, unfulfilled expectations, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So she's got a great story, uh, to tell, uh, about that. And she links it up with, you know, biblical passages and all that kind of thing. So yeah, she's a great teacher, great teacher. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I think that's about all we need to say. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love Kristen Dooley. Yeah. She's awesome. Too. And this interview is, yeah. uh, great and she's great. So. All right. Get ready. Enjoy it. 
Hey, Kristen, welcome to the podcast. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you are infamous in gravity circles. Everybody already knows you uh, from your speaking and Kristen. teaching and training and all the awesome work that you do with us. But for those who aren't well, maybe familiar not everybody. with you, there you go. for those who aren't, there's a few. There's a few people in the world that mm-hmm. don't know the Kristen Dooley. So tell us a little about yourself, what you do, <laughs> how you spend your time, all those kinds of things. Um, well, so I married to the Dave Dooley, um, and we have two, uh, amazing girls. Ella is 15 and Addie is 12. Um, they're super busy and super fun. (laughs) And I just really like them. I like them more and more every day. Um, and so they're my favorite things. But my other favorite thing is I am a pastor, at, a discipleship pastor at a church called Anthem House in uh, Westchester, Ohio, which is a little suburb, a little bit past, a little bit north of Cincinnati. Uh, we planted Anthem House with some of our old time best friends that we've been in ministry with for years. We've kind of separated and we came back together with the whole idea of like, we just really want to make disciples. What happens if we plant a church and we just make disciples. And so we were like, I don't know, but that sounds like something I want to do. So we've been doing that for about four years. We just moved into our own building, uh, which has been amazing to have a home and mm. to begin to build a home for our family that we're growing is just my, one of my other favorite thing to do. Yeah, awesome. Mm. And you've written a new book. I have. And that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, your new yeah. book is called Left Turns, Following Jesus Off the Beaten Path. I've got my copy right here. I got my advanced copy. Uh, and the, my oh, favorite man. part about it was the foreword. Look. Uh, oh, look, because somebody wrote that. Uh, uh, I, I got to write the foreword to this, and it was, it's so exciting. I Like, I, Kristen, I, I, I say this all the time, but Kristen is, is my favorite speaker in the world. She's one of my favorite communicators and love doing ministry with you. And and so I've gotten to hear a lot of these stories as we've been doing events and traveling with gravity things and with other things. Um, so I'm really excited that the rest of the world is going to get to hear some of this material. Um, and your, uh, your book is kind of about that journey of moving from disorientation to reorientation, kind of mm-hmm. what happens when God calls you out of a place and to a new place or calls you off the beaten path and into a different direction, um, which feels really timely right now for our world because mm-hmm. it feels like everybody's in this crazy season of disorientation. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what excited you most about, the, about that topic, about talking about that kind of disorientation, being called off the road, journeying to a new place? Uh, well, I would say that when I lived it, it was not exciting. <laughs> yeah, um, it is. was difficult, and um, it was hard to find people who I felt understood what I was experiencing, like to step off of a, a well-paved path that was seemingly going all of the right places um, and had all of the right promises to step off of that and go what would seem like nowhere. Um, there weren't a lot of people that, I, I I could really talk to. And so I know that I lived it. Like I lived the book before I wrote the book and I wrote the book because I want people to have the encouragement of like that, that step off of that path. It's actually the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like mm. it's the best thing that's ever happened to my marriage. It is the reason why I love my kids the way that I love them. It is, it, it has everything to do with why I planted and am now pastoring a church differently than I ever would have done it before. Mm. And I just didn't, like, that's hindsight for me, right? But 
uh, it could be vision for somebody else. And so I just mm. want to speak yeah. it as a vision into people like, just do this because mm. like you won't be disappointed on the other side. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. So there's these, yeah. there's these seasons where it feels like a desert and it feels incredibly lonely and it feels like uh, you're alone. I, I heard you mention that mm. in, in what you're talking about. It feels like I'm just kind of journeying here. I'm not where I want to be, but I am where I am. Uh, and it feels like it's in those seasons where God does his best work. Yeah. Yeah, Kristen, I, you, um, that's a great setup. Um, I think a lot of our listeners will be thinking, oh, well, what happened? Like, what's the story? Like, how, how do I know? They should buy I, I think, the book. I th- yeah, you, you do need to read that's the book. That's it, that's it. Um, yeah, read the book. Thanks but, for being um, with but us. But I, I think it would be helpful. <laughs> No, I do think it'd be helpful for people to hear a little bit of your story. We hear, kind of, we see each other in each other's stories. And so yeah. I think it'd be helpful uh, for others who are listening to think, well, is, is this happening to me? I mean, maybe some of those metaphors might make sense to me, but um, mm-hmm. what, what was the story for you? What, what did you step away from? How did you, why, why did it feel like a left turn? Give us yeah. some of those uh, details. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that'd totally. be helpful. So I, I gave my life to the Lord when I was 18 and ever since then have been in ministry. Like I don't really know, I didn't know what I didn't know and just jumped right in. And so uh, I was at a mega church in Cincinnati at this point in time um, with a, a, I knew I was called to teach. I knew I was called to write. I, I knew what the gifts that God had given me. And like, I had some of those promises in my head. Like I, I, knew, I saw pictures of you know, like what the future looked like. And I had these dreams that I knew were from the Lord. Um, and it would have appeared that I was on the path there, right? Like I'm at a, a, one of the largest churches in Cincinnati. I'm surrounded by great people. There is opportunity abounds for me to pursue what I feel like God has mm-hmm. told me is in my future. And mm-hmm. kind of out of nowhere, I, I felt like I, I got a word from the Lord one day when I was running. And um, it's not like he the heavens parted and he spoke in some audible voice. But in deep in my heart, I just felt this like, um, invitation to turn left. And at that point in time, turning left didn't make any sense. It took me off of the path that I was running. It was uphill in the middle of a construction zone. Uh, and so physically, I did oh, that. Okay, while so I was physic- physically, you, uh, I thought this was like more metaphors. You're like no, turning no, no. left. So, like, no, literally, as you're running, turn left. You sort I'm of felt, literally running, okay. and, the, and oh, I feel okay. like I'm supposed to turn. And so I physically turned <laughs> okay. and began to run up this hill. Okay. And on the other side of that experience, I sort of pressed in, like asking the father, like, what was that about? And just felt really connected. I had a moment um, with the Holy Spirit where it really felt like he said to me, there's a left turn coming and it's going to kind of seem like it doesn't make sense. And it's going to take you somewhere that you didn't intend to go. And it's going to be uphill and it's going to be hard and you're going to have to slow down. Um, but on the other side of that turn, I'm going to bring you back to the path. And, uh, you know, I didn't really even know what, I wasn't looking for a left turn. Um, But fast forward six months and I'm resigning from my job at the, Mm. um, at the mega church in Cincinnati. And I didn't have a job to go to. I didn't have a direction. I just knew that the Lord through a series of events had made it clear that it was time for me to turn in my resignation and to trust him with the next step. Um, Mm. So the book, the story of the book is what that off the beaten path looked like for me, where it mm. took me, um, how God revealed His always working, ever presence, goodness in my mm. life, how mm. I learned to lay down my doing and become a human being. Mm. Um, so it's kind of those stories. Yeah, 
And that, um, I mean, I know a little bit of your story, Kristen, so I'm cheating here a little bit. Um, <laughs> but that, uh, that resignation wasn't just like, yeah, everything was going great. And then I just decided to resign because I had this word from the Lord, right? There was other people's choices and all kinds of other things that in the moment felt deeply uh, difficult oh, yeah. and, and tragic and like you were losing something very precious, right? So it was, this wasn't just like your own internal motivation to say, I'm going to resign and see what's next. But there were, there were factors outside of your control oh, yeah. that so forced many. you into this place. Yeah. So many things that you don't even, like I could write a book on only all of the factors of mm. all the circumstances that were happening around me mm-hmm. um, that were helping they were cooperating with the shift that was trying to take place within me. Mm. Uh, and mm-hmm. so there were multiple contributing factors. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And there's such a, like, I think the difficulty in those seasons is we are so built on control of wanting to manage and um, kind of minimize all the damage and the pain, minimize the hurt, mm-hmm. minimize the frustration. We kind of, whenever we enter into disorientation or the desert, we just want to get out of there as quickly as possible and get back to the good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But what I hear you saying, Kristen, and what I've heard you teach on so many times is so helpful, is that there's something really good that happens in the surrender. And there's something redeeming mm-hmm. about the refining that happens in the middle. So, so tell us a little bit about, for your personal journey, what was some of the refining? I, like you said, coming out of that, right, coming out of the desert, I, I love my kids better, and I'm, I'm a better wife, and I, I, I'm a better pastor, and, and those kinds of things. But in the middle of it, what was being refined in you? What were the shifts that were taking place inside of you? Um, I mean... Like the whole resignation part, just starting from the very beginning, just even simply laying down my desire to prove to them that I was worth a job, um, that I wouldn't disappoint them, that they would be glad that I was a part of their team and to perform because I could, I could have and wanted to multiple times perform to earn my way into a, a space that would make me feel significant. And yet I had this word from the Lord to turn left and that I wasn't supposed to be headed that direction. There was this like tension within me mm-hmm. where I, I wanted to be a part of a team that I knew I wasn't really called to be a part of, but it like, so I had to really wrestle with the tension. And then, you know, laying that down and turning into that, what, what that looked like going to a place where people didn't listen to my voice. Um, they didn't care. No one knew that I had written a book. No one cared that I was a speaker. No one would ever know that I was a pastor and to kind of lose all of those identity Mm -hmm. um, pieces of of who I had worked all of my life to become, to sort of have those slowly stripped away from you. Uh, I mean, I remember like not to be overdramatic, but I remember one day sitting with my uh, mentor, like, do I have to die every day? Mm -hmm. Um, And like, I I think that Paul kind of makes that very clear. Yes, <laughs> yes, you actually do, um, because it it literally felt like that in the middle. Like there were some days where I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Like I can see God's presence. He's so he reveals himself in so such dramatic ways in the middle of the desert sometimes. But then there's other days where you're just you're dead, and you're mm-hmm. like, there's no one around. All of my friends went continue to do all of the work they were already doing in ministry. I was five miles away, but I was a whole world away. Um, the things that I had created were now being carried out by people who didn't know why I created them. And 
yeah. I didn't know my intentions on what I wanted to do. And other things that I had created had just been stomped on and forgotten about. Mm. Um, and so all of that significance, that security and that belonging that we, we talk about so much mm -hmm. in gravity with people, all of that was just like yeah. put out in literally the, the picture, the best picture I have is it was laid on this railroad track and this railroad, just <laughs> this train just ran over it multiple mm. times until mm -hmm. it just, all right, if I have none of that, what do I have? Mm. Yeah. So there's identity yeah. work that's happening in the middle of this of, yeah, of sure. like knowing who you are. Uh, there's mm. calling work, uh, like a vision <laughs> of what I'm supposed to do. And then um, there's alignment work that's happening there. And this is one of my favorite things about the book is you're such a gifted teacher, Kristen, talking around how do I align with the Father and and talking about there is – there's the ability to discern what the Father wants us to do, right? He's, he's asking me to go off the path, but it's one thing to just go off the path. It's another to continue to align with Him every day and doing mm -hmm. the work of that realignment happening over and over and over again. Um, what would you say to any listener that's feeling like, I'm in the middle of this disorientation right now, and I've heard the Lord call me off of a path, but now I'm hating every minute of my life because there's such hard work that's happening inside of me and around me that it's hard to keep pressing on. What would your encouragement with them to be so that they don't run ahead or lag behind, but they can align with the Father and allow that work to take place? Yeah. Um, man, I think I had, I literally had maybe three lifelines, right? Like there was worship and there was the word and then there was my community. Mm -hmm. And like, it's really hard to worship and um, like to really worship and to mean it and to feel it and to be in the presence. It's really hard to worship and then to, to worry about what he's going to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like the word of God just, gosh, to just, I mean, it was a weapon for me with my feelings, right? My feelings would tell me to feel one thing and to do one thing. And the word of God would tell me a different thing. And so I almost had to learn how to parent my feelings. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that you're feeling this right now, but the truth is this, what I know in my head is this. And so I, what I knew in my head, I would tell to my heart. Um, and I would just say it over and over again. I, I had to parent myself um, in, in an annoyingly present way, actually. Mm -hmm. And then my community, like there were just a very few people um, that I, on those really bad days, like I just, instead of isolating myself and sitting in like a depression place, yeah. which is what I wanted to do, I would find those people and I would just like almost, sometimes I almost had to make myself reach out to them. Like, hey, I really today I want to sit in, in bed all day and mm. be depressed. And then they would be like, come have lunch with me. And I'm like, oh, why did I do that? I don't want to go have lunch with them. <laughs> but like, you have to be with people during that, um, mm. those disoriented places. This podcast is brought to you by Gravity Leadership Academy, our 10-month online training intensive for Christian leaders who want to root their life and leadership in God's love and bring lasting transformation to their culture. In Gravity Leadership Academy, you'll learn the real-life practicalities of how to notice God's presence and activity in and around you so you can participate more fully in God's life and mission and open up space for those around you to do so too. 
We've worked really hard to make this training in missional leadership practical and doable. To find out more about Gravity Leadership Academy, visit gravityleadership.com academy. Yeah, Kristen, that um, it's it, it's interesting to me. I think a lot of times when uh, this, sorry, this is a multi-layered question. I'm trying to figure out how to get it all out here. Um, so you in this book you utilize a lot of the uh, a lot of the same framework that we use in our uh, in our training, right? So a lot of the axioms show up here. Where, um, for example, God is always present and at work, and these kind of function as good news that you can hold on to when in the midst of trials, tribulations, hard times, you're tempted to tell yourself a different story about what this means and why this is happening, right? That there's these things that you can hold on to. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of our axioms are there. And I'm also struck by um, how even the way you started was saying like, you've got this word from the Lord, which you know some, some people may know kind of what that feels like. Other people might not. Other people might be like, well, how would I know if I got a word from the mm-hmm. Lord? And the Lord's never told me to turn left while I'm jogging. Um, or that kind of a thing. But um, I think sometimes we have this sense that a word from the Lord is like this predictive thing where it's like uh, the Lord's going to predict the future to us. Um, But I see your word functioning a little bit more like this beacon of good news that that you needed to keep holding on to, right? It wasn't just predicting, hey, something's going to happen, get ready. But it was, this, it was this sense of as the thing was happening and as it was really hard and really difficult, your, like your feelings were telling you, here's what this means. It means you're dying. It means it's over. It means you're not called. It means you were an idiot to leave. It means, you know, that kind of a thing. And you needed to hold on to the, the good news, right? And mm-hmm. so that, that's a big part of our training as well, like declaring mm-hmm. good news and just taking practical steps of obedience to that good news, practical steps of surrender into mm-hmm. that good news. So I'm, I'm hearing in what you're saying um, that these things have to happen. It's not one big sort of uh, overture to the Lord, right? It's not like, here's my whole life, Lord, and I'm gonna do this so hard one time that it's gonna like keep me for the rest of my life. But no, every single day you have to get up and say, I don't wanna get out of bed, mm. um, you know, because I think it's over. But, you know, someone from your community says, no, let's have lunch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not over. You know, the, the, there's another step for you to take, and it's put food in your mouth. You know, <laughs> keep going with me. Talk to me, and put <laughs> yes. food in your mouth. You know, that's good news sometimes. Yeah, yeah, good news, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, um, I yeah, agree with that completely, and I think the temptation, Ben, is mm-hmm. to look at this as um, once I get here, mm-hmm. then. Yeah. Um, and the invitation is to realize it's a journey, and it's yeah. a, it's day in and day out, and. I had good days and then I had bad days and um, Mm -hmm. I had easy days and then I had really hard days. Um, And I think it's that word, when you said that, um, that word offered me encouragement in the midst Mm -hmm. of, it was, so I think a good way to describe it was, it was steady for me. Yeah. No matter what happened, the steady was, God promised me this. And if he's promised me this, he who is promised is faithful. Yes. Um, And if I really believed that, yeah. then I, I would trust that. And, um, yeah, yeah. And that, I love that word promise, which is so different from, I think sometimes we have this sense that, that the way that the Lord communicates to us is only through instructions, mm. right? He's going to tell me what to do. And if I just could figure out what to do 
And if I'm having a hard time, it means maybe I missed it. Maybe I'm not doing mm-hmm. the right thing. Mm-hmm. But actually, I think most of the Lord's speech to us is proclamation. It's yes. good news. It's promise. It's here's what's true. Actually, right now, in the midst of your bad day, I'm here. I'm working. Even though you can't see it, I'm working. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's, I think, what we need if we're going to take those left turns. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's an invitation mm. from mm-hmm. the Father. Yeah. Um, to believe what's to true, trust. but then also to walk yeah. in it. So, so Kristen, right. what, what were some, I know, I know that you're an amazing teacher, but you're also a great coach and trainer. And, and so what's one of the things I love about being around you is I get challenged in some of those things. What are some of the practices that you would encourage mm-hmm. when people find themselves off the beaten path? Um, I'm, I'm hearing you talk about some listening exercises, contemplation, just being with the Father, some kind of presence exercises of like paying attention, surrender. Like, mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you would say, Here's, here are exercises that are worth your time when you're, when you're off the beaten path? Hmm. So um, I remember very quickly, I, I sat down like day two, maybe in my chair at my house, like, okay, Lord, I have my journal and my Bible and <laughs> all right, what do you want me to do? Yeah. And in that moment, right away, as soon as I posed that question to him, I, I knew like, I, it's like I caught myself like, ah, why do I have to do something yeah. to, yeah, to be good. in the presence of the father? And uh, so I, I literally, um, and I coach people to do this all the time. Like, I want you to do nothing. Mm. Like, don't do anything. And with, which is hard for anybody. But if you've grown up in the church leadership culture, it's really hard because mm-hmm. we've spent our, our lives doing and rescuing and restoring. Like we have, we have been the human doers, um, mm. that, ha- that produ- produce and perform. And so, uh, I remember like, what does it look like to do nothing? And I talk about this a little bit in the book, but like my kids became my teachers. And so one of the practices was I studied my kids because at that time they were young and they were really good at doing nothing <laughs> and not yeah. feeling guilty about yeah, it. Yeah. They could waste time. They could ruin resources. They could make messes. <laughs> and like, they just didn't worry about what is what I should be doing something that's productive right now. I should not be making a mess of this. And so uh-huh. I, I became a child um, and I, embr- I let my kids begin to teach me how to do nothing and to enjoy it. And um, it was not easy. I colored a lot. I played a lot of um, Nintendo. <laughs> I, I think I got to like level, level I don't even know, embarrassing level on Mario Brothers. Well done, well done. Um, I watched every episode of Fixer Upper and Friends um, consecutively. And it, it really, that was the biggest practice. The other one that stands out to me is I worshiped. And... Um, you know, it wasn't pretty because there were days where I just, I felt, God felt unkind some days to me. Like this promise is, this promise is hard and I don't, I don't know if I trust it. It doesn't feel good right now. And mm-hmm. um, on those days I would be home alone because I didn't have a job and my kids were at school and I would put, um, I had a couple of specific songs that really spoke to my heart at the time. And I would put one of those on and I literally would listen to it until I could sing it. And you know, at first when you're angry, right? Like you can't, it's like when you have a fight with your husband or with your wives and like you can't smile yet because you're still angry. Mm-hmm. 
And so like you're talking in your harsh voice and, but you know, you're going to get there, right? You're going to get to a place where you mm-hmm. reconnect and you smile and you pull them in close. And so like, mm-hmm. I would walk through that with the father in my worship songs. Like I would not be able to sing it at first. And then I would mm-hmm. listen to it again. And then I might be able to say a couple of the words, but definitely not the chorus because it always talked about good father or something. And mm-hmm. so I would like, get quiet during that space. And I would just walk around my house and like listen to those until I could sing them and like sing them loud. And it's almost like a reminding my heart that just because it's hard, it doesn't mean that it's not holy. And it Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that like he's not present and Mm -hmm. um, giving myself the time and the space to like get to a place of connection with him when I wanted to kind of self-protect and disconnect. Yeah, it's so good. I, I'm struck by the fact that you're giving yourself permission to grieve in there, yeah. that you're giving yourself permission to wrestle with God, that you're giving yourself permission to ask tough questions of God and trusting that what's on the other end of that is good news. And yeah, and you know, I, I even said this in the book, but I, I think I've learned this at Gravity, like with you guys and um, coaching lots of people, but what happens when we begin to see our wrestling as worship? Hmm. Because I wasn't wrestling because I wanted to go do really bad things. Yeah, right. I was wrestling right. because I ultimately I wanted to surrender. Like hmm. I was wrestling to do what the Father was was inviting me and promising me was mine. Hmm. Uh, and so every bit of my wrestling was worship to Him, hmm. even when I couldn't sing yes. because I. Hmm. I wasn't singing for the right reasons because I was becoming aware of my heart and I was allowing my heart to hurt and I was loving myself in the middle of like my badness. Mm. Uh, And so that was worship to him where in the past I would have shamed myself for, Mm -hmm. you know, why you sing those songs? How how dare you not believe those songs Mm -hmm. and those words? Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's deep theological shifts that are taking place in you in those seasons. So for me, when I'm in the middle of my desert, I, I just kept saying to God, like, I'm trying to do what you're asking me to do. Like, why is this so hard? Like, I, I feel like I'm doing all the right things. Could you just, could you give me something here? Uh, but understanding and, and wrestling through that stuff is, is where the good work kind of begins to take shape and you start to see yeah. with new eyes and, and your paradigm gets shifted and your theology begins to shift and you start to understand where is God in our pain? And what is God doing when things don't work out the way that I want it to? And what does surrender really look like? All of those incredibly difficult uh, mm. things begin to happen right in our hands. That's why we say discipleship is is just being present in your everyday life. Like the, the, mm. the your curriculum for discipleship is your life. It's it's what's happening day to day, uh, over and mm. over again. So, Kristen, on the mm. on the other side of all of that. Uh, kind of where you are now, after kind of passing through, you know, getting off the beaten path and figuring out how to align and, and, and all of these changes and challenges that have taken place, what's the fruit that you've seen from doing the hard work in, off the path? Yeah. Um, freedom. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the, that's the one word, the one generic And, and freedom word from what of... specifically, Christian, for you? For me, um, freedom from performance, um, freedom from pressure, control. Um, the, I'm, a, I'm a three on the Enneagram, so freedom from my need to achieve, to be along. defined by my latest and greatest achievement. Um, not only do I have to, I not only do I not have to run the race anymore. If I'm running it, I don't even care if I win it. 
right? Like I used to only, like if I signed up for a race, I had to run first of all, and then I had to outperform whoever I was with or whatever, whatever I put in my head, I had to outperform them. Um, now I just, I could walk the race and be content if I was surrounded by the right people while I was walking. Um, so I, I just found a lot of freedom. I, I just said to Dave the other day, actually, which is such good news for who I am. Um, I was driving to the church to work on Tuesdays because that's what I do. And I was like, I have got, I have to get into a rhythm of going to the church and like working all day on Tuesdays because there's a lot to do, right? Like you don't think you don't plan a church and not have stuff to do. And he's like, well, I don't understand. Like, why are you telling me this? I'm like, because I need someone to help me stop having so much fun so that I can actually get something done. And like, I just never had fun before, like, because there wasn't time for fun. There was work, Mm -hmm. work to be done, souls to be saved, right? Like Mm -hmm. I had to produce and perform and figure out and everything fun took aside to Mm. getting that achievement done. And so Mm. freedom to me looks like fun. Like my Mm. life is like, it's hard and, you know, fun at the same time. I play soccer and I go outside with my kids and I Mm. um, go out on the boat a lot. And and there's no, there's no voice in the back of my head saying you should be doing this. Yeah. 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 I think that's, that is, it's it's beautiful uh, to 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 see that. I'm reminded of, <laughs> I'm constantly reminded of Dallas Willard uh, quotes, uh, but he he used to say that what God gets out of our life is the person we become. Yeah. And so, like, it's it's fun to hear you uh, articulate, Kristen, that this left turn wasn't just about a new assignment. It wasn't just, hey, I want you to stop being a pastor at a mega church and plant a church. It wasn't just about that. It was about um, it was about something that God was wanting to do in you yeah, so that he could do it through you, mm-hmm. yeah. which again is, you know, that's one of our axioms. And so there's, there was a work that was done in you that, um, that is a beautiful, like primary thing that God is doing in the midst of this. It's not just what you do. It's not just how you serve, but it's who you are. And God was giving you a gift in sort of bringing you into this new life, this new way of like, I can have fun now. You know, I can and relax. I, Isn't that beautiful? I would even take it one step further because mm. like I didn't know that I, we were, I was going to plant a church yeah and oh yeah had I known that yeah. I would have said well I'm just going to do this for the good of the cause right I'm going to just <laughs> let the Lord work in me so that he can then work through me right, um, right. but I didn't know what it looked like to yeah. come back like yeah. I was right in the desert and so yeah. he literally was just working in That's me mm-hmm. and I didn't know why or where or how and, yeah. and what it was going yeah, to be like the in the beginning. It wasn't like the boot camp to get you ready to plant a church. <laughs> right. Like the temptation in the be- the beginning of it all was like, oh, these are great sermon illustrations. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. Like my temptation yeah. was to still do it for other people, so yes. to still do it yes. as a, a person, a doer. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the invitation, like he just kept me there long enough mm-hmm. to put me to rest and yeah. to allow me to learn to absorb, like even if he only did it for me mm-hmm. yeah. and nobody ever yeah. knew what yeah. was happening, it yeah. was enough and it was yeah. perfect and it was good. Yeah. yeah, so good. Yeah, I think if we do, if we know the end result, uh, I think we would, we would inevitably short circuit the work yeah. That, yeah. that needs yeah. to be done. I and, totally would have done that. And yeah, you're, you're telling God a beautiful, this is the Christian story. <laughs> this is the Christian story. Yeah. You go into the, like, you, 
it's you die in order to live. You yeah. know, you go yeah. into the desert and you're like, well, I guess I'm, I guess I'm dying now, you know, and it's over and you give up and then you're raised from the dead. So it's, it's, it's beautiful to hear some yeah. of your story, Kristen. Yeah, Kristen, Thanks it's a wonderful book. And uh, I, I want to encourage everybody who's listening to go out and get a copy of it. Where, where do people find a copy of it, Kristen? Um, I mean, right now, the best place is probably Amazon or at um, Barnes & Noble online. Uh, and then it will be hopefully littered out in a couple of those brick-and-mortar bookstores, um, brick-and-mortar bookstores eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that happens. It, you can pre-order it right now. It will come out on September the 15th. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for being well, we'll with us, We'll put a link, uh, a link to that stuff in the show notes. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks for being Great with us, Great to be Christian. with you. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. All right. Peace. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Our show is produced by Ben Sternke, Matt Tebby, and Ben Hardman. Aaron Sternke does our mixing and mastering. You can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. If you find our podcast helpful, share it with your friends in person and on social media. And don't forget to rate and review us online as well as subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join our Gravity community for free at gravityleadership.com join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com join. And hey, we'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, make a comment, send us an idea, a recommendation, recipe, whatever. You can email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.